Good morning, everyone. We are so glad to welcome you into this chapel space, and we welcome you as you are. Your doubts, your stress, your fears, your hopes, and your prayers. The worship assistants and I want you to know that you are in a safe space, a place where your stories matter, your voice is important, and your very existence is pleasing to God. Last week, I had a conversation with Reverend LaKendra, and she reminded me of the first verses of the Bible in Genesis. During creation, God would create something, such as light, and said, it is good. But when God created humans, beings in God's image, God said that we are very good. She really wanted me to know that when God created me, it was said that I am very good. And the same is true for you. You are very good, and no matter what life is showing you right now, please remember and know that you are very good. You are welcomed, and you were created uniquely for a purpose, and you are safe to be exactly who that person is. Today we will get to hear stories from three of Goshen College's own employees, Jose Rocha, Judy Weaver, and Skip Barnett. They'll be sharing with us their own faith stories. I hope that their words can be something that you can either relate with, find inspiring, or find hope in. We are grateful for their vulnerability, honesty, and for sharing a part of them with us that some of us may not have had the opportunity to hear otherwise. First, though, I'm going to light the Christ lamp as a reminder of Jesus' presence with us. And now before we sing a few songs and hear their short stories, I invite you to greet your neighbors, welcome them into the space, and bless them by passing the peace. Please stand up for this song. As I rise, strength of God, go before, lift me up. As I wake, eyes of God, look upon. As I go, hand of God. 
As we prepare to hear our three speakers today, um, we have a prayer in sound form. It's number 81 in the dream book, and you're welcome to stay seated or stand or whatever is most meaningful to you. We'll send this sound through. It's a very short sound, three times. And like I said, it's a, it's a prayer to welcome us into this space of hearing stories.
This morning we have the wonderful opportunity to listen to, to a piece of Jose Rocha's faith story. Jose is an associate professor of music. He teaches music education classes and cello and also conducts the orchestra and wind ensemble. Jose has shared with me that his college experience was very enjoyable as he was surrounded by intelligent friends who wanted to make change in the world. He said he enjoyed college so much that he wanted to work in a college, so here he is today. Something else Jose told me is that he has a sister who also plays cello, but Jose let me know who the better cellist actually is. <laughs> Please welcome Jose. You know I'm back, like I never left. Another sprint, another step. Another day, another breath. Being chasing dreams, but I never slept. Funny thing, thinking about faith, the meaning of life, and even finding encouragement, listen to McLemore. But that's how things work out sometimes. I traveled to Kentucky this past weekend to run my very first half marathon. Woo! I would like to thank Oli, who is now here, uh, because, uh, and Jewel for their training and their support and a lot of those great things. So anyway, although some people may argue that I walk 13.1 miles pretty fast, I'm going to stick to my story today. Um, during my very spiritual and lengthy encounter with the open road, I spent a lot of time wondering what to say to you today while listening to Pandora and uh, mainly trying not to think about how many miles I had left to go. This particular tune, Glorious, by McLemore, popped up a number of times, quite often actually, and although I don't always pay attention to the lyrics, somehow another sprint, another step, another day, another breath caught my attention. That and the fact that the song is basically the same four chords uh, repeated for about four minutes. And I listened very attentively to these four chords every, each time the song played. I even started singing. I got a new attitude and I listen life and some peace of mind seek and I find. I like this, I like this song quite a lot actually. It truly resonated with me. And as I was admiring the beautiful horse country of Kentucky, it was 65 degrees, it was sunny, so if you're wondering about my tan, it is natural. Um, uh, so I found, I, I was very amazed at how connected I felt with the, with the different verses. Before I continue, I need to apologize to all the people I made fun of for placing their 13.1 sticker on their cars. Because see, I think it's kind of ridiculous that somebody may celebrate doing half of something. You don't celebrate half of a bachelor's degree. You don't celebrate eating half a pizza. You don't celebrate half a master's degree. Matter of fact, the term DM, uh, ABD, when you're working on your doctorate, means output dissertation. And to me, it seems a mockery. It's a little bit mocking, like you're almost done, but not quite. The physical challenge, though, of doing only half of the marathon was very humbling. I truly respect and celebrate with those doing this one health thing, 
And since I have officially apologized, I think I am good and ready to display my very own sticker on my car. The invitation to share in this chapel was very timely. I have been reflecting quite a bit about where I am. Not only because there will be a third year review of my work here at Goshen College. I actually visited Goshen for the first time almost three years ago on April 9. Um, but because of the drastic changes that I have gone through in these past three years. A new job that I really like, this one. Moving to a new part of the country that I have never visited before, where I didn't know anyone. Uh, very adventurous and happy experiences for sure. There were also some difficult things to deal with like the end of my 19-year marriage, uh, the sudden death of my dad, who was my closest friend, the list goes on and on. But the wonder combined and intertwined with pain somehow led to a reevaluation of my life. And as simple as it sounds, the biggest revelation to me was the fact that I don't want to merely survive. I want to thrive, to live and do whatever I do with love and passion some compassion, a little bit of humor, and without any doubt, a healthy amount of style, does the shirt. Throughout this journey, faith is the one constant that has kept me on my path. Not only spiritual faith, but also faith in myself. Not the belief that I am not going to fail, but my faith in my ability and willingness to change. Faith in my resilience and the trust in myself to get back up every time. I heard you die twice. Once when they bury you in the grave, and the second time is the last time that somebody mentions your name. So when I leave here on this earth, did I take more than I gave? Did I look out for the people, or did I, did I do it all for fame? I think that a spirit of service has always been a big part of me. Lately, though, I have been more thoughtful as I reflect on what I have done so far with my time, my resources, and my efforts. What I have found is that there have been times when my troubles and my brokenness caused me to push to the wayside things that are very, really important and valuable. And what has brought me back is remembering the fact that I was made to love God and to love others. Love and joy are two wonderful gifts. And what is more amazing is that the more we give, the more we end up with. I hope that I can always be a positive and generous force to those around me. I feel glorious, got a chance to start again. I was born for this, it's who I am. I also have been asking myself what kind of world or community I want to create around me. Harper Lee said that people generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for. So going back to love God and love others, as difficult as loving others may seem sometimes, looking for and having faith in the goodness of people has been my mantra and my go-to reaction. Seeing the good in others motivates me to want to be a good person, a good mentor, and a good friend. When I see the good others are doing, 
it motivates me to do good too. And I hope that in turn, I motivate those around me by doing as much as I can to bring the change I wish to see. I made it through the darkest part of the night, and now I see the sunrise. Now I feel glorious. More than glorious, I feel grateful, among other things, at what I have learned, especially in the most difficult moments. In one of those dark points, Deb told me that birthing something beautiful is painful, but it's always amazing in the end. I am very grateful for that gift of inspiration, but much more because I realized I was greatly supported and cared for when I felt I was alone. I have found gratitude is one of the best qualities one can have. It is so refreshing and great to be around people who express their love and appreciation for others, but not just that though. Being grateful has had a way of opening up my heart and mind to the goodness surrounding me. It is a positive force that helps me believe that things can work out, even in the darkest moments. Feeling gratitude gets easier, like anything, finding things to be grateful for can become second nature when you practice that. And when the challenges and injustice of life, which we all experience at some level, gratitude makes you more receptive to goodness. I got my bread, I got my faith, and I remember why I came. We're gonna be all right, put that on my life. When I open my eyes, hope I see you shine. We're planting a flag they don't understand. The world is up for grabs. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my name is Rebecca Choi, and I will be introducing Judy Weaver. She was born and raised in Goshen, Indiana, and is the director of the Academic Success Center, which is located in the library. She received a bachelor's degree from Goshen College and a master's degree in Spanish from the University of California, and, a and has a certificate in TESOL from the University of California as well. She's fluent in Spanish and went to Honduras for SST, and if you want to stop by her office, she, us she usually has sweets and is always willing to offer um, a cup of stress-relieving rel tea. <laughs> Good morning. There's a story about a man who was losing his faith and he was kind of world weary um, and he did two things kind of without thinking about it. He read a book he enjoyed and he went for a walk by himself through the countryside. Uh, and those two simple pleasures gave him the strong feeling of coming home and recovering himself. Um, and it was a recalibration that set him back on the path toward faith. I've always liked this description of the sensation of coming home. It's from the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And it's a feeling I recognize, I've felt it. I remember feeling it powerfully once when I was a Goshen College student and I got away for an afternoon for a walk at Mary Lee. I think that sense of home of coming home happens easily in nature when you 
get away from the stresses and the need to impress other people and, um, and just clear your head and get out of yourself a little bit and you can listen for God. There was a time in my life when I was trying really hard to listen for God's direction. I had to decide whether or not to take a job that had been offered to me. Um, and it was a hard decision. It was a new direction and I wasn't sure it was right for me. But it had some advantages, uh, like a paycheck, which I wasn't getting anywhere else at that moment. So I prayed about it a lot over several days. Should I take this job or shouldn't I? What should I do with my life, God? Um, and I looked for a sign one way or the other. I made pro and con lists. I talked to people who would help me think it through. Um, I meditated, and through all of this, I listened very hard for God's direction. And the most unexpected thing happened. I got no answer. Not any sense of take the job or don't take the job. But I had this strong sense of God with me. Uh, perhaps the strongest sense of God's presence I've ever felt. I had this crazy image of God like this humongous being with his head in the clouds and I could rub up against God's belly but I couldn't see God's face or hear God's voice. A tangible sense of God's presence and no help at all with the decision. I think we tend to wish for a clear call from God uh, for life decisions and direction and career and I know I've been jealous of people who get that kind of clarity it does happen, but it doesn't seem to be very common, does it? So what's happening with our prayers the rest of the time? Well, at first it was kind of disheartening to feel like God didn't really care if I took the job or not or what I did. Um, but then I thought maybe someone who did get a clear call from God and maybe a difficult call might be jealous of me for the freedom that I had in that decision. I could take the job, I could not take the job. Either way, it's probably gonna be okay and God would be with me whatever I did. It was like being involved in putting on a big party. It doesn't really matter if you help do the decorations or make the food or clean up afterward as long as you're pitching in. So, in the end, I took the job. It was working for the migrant education program for the state of Oregon. And I did it for about seven years. I got to do some really cool things. I traveled a lot. I heard Spanish every day. Um, but there were also some very difficult things about that job. And I learned from both the good and the bad. And in the end, I'm glad I did it. it I got to be part of a very imperfect but committed group of people that did some good work. We pitched in. I never listen for God more fervently than when I need an answer to a burning question. And I believe God does care about whatever is on our hearts and minds. But sometimes there will be an answer, and probably more often there won't be a clear answer. But God's head is not always in the clouds. There are those moments of coming home, of recovering your true self. And they are not rare at all. They come on you unexpectedly when you're hushed and calm and not busily looking for answers. 
I've had many such moments, walking in the woods, listening to a masterful musician perform, perhaps stopping outside a doorway and at dusk and just breathing the evening air before going in, perhaps walking through an April snowstorm. In those moments, you're not so much listening for God as listening with God. The world falls away and you step outside of time. We're learning. We're learning to receive and to return the divine gaze. I think that's just God being with you, loving you. And I wish you many such moments. Thank you. Hello, my name is Echeng Agutu, and today I'm going to be introducing Skip Barnett. So Skip Barnett started working at Goshen College in 1998. He's a professor of TESOL. 1988. 1988. 1988. <laughs> um, he is a professor of TESOL and an uh, international student advisor here at Goshen. Skip and his wife, Laura, live in Goshen, here in Goshen, Indiana, in their cozy, pale yellow house on 8th Street. When I was thinking of how I should introduce Skip, uh, a lot of the things that he has done for me kept popping into my head. But Skip, I thought I should let you know what I would do for you. Oh my God. <laughs> so Skip, if you happen to be captured by ninjas, I would spend all my free time training to be a stellar ninja, which might take some time since I'm very far from that. But I want you to know that I would eventually save you. Ladies and gentlemen, Skip Barnett. Good morning. Thanks for coming out in the blizzard. Um, listening, to, listening to Judy's story in particular, Jose was great. Thank you. That was great. But, but Judy's, I, as I was listening, <laughs> as I was listening to Judy's story, I thought, wow, we didn't, we didn't conspire together at all, but there are a lot of parallels in our stories. We didn't plan this. Um, okay. Um, Thinking about you all, uh, college students, I thought, well, you know, I'm an old fellow, and you know, I could talk for seven days, um, not going to. Uh, but I thought, what what out of my life might be useful for you to hear? Um, we'll see if you think it's useful or not. Um, and I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm not going to tell you the story of how I came to be a committed, committed believer in uh, Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to tell you why, uh, I believe. Um, instead, I want to tell you about the interplay in my life between faith and another F word, not what you're thinking. Uh, that other F word is uh, failure, and also a C word, confusion. Faith, failure, and confusion tended to go together in my early life, and I think they're fairly universal human experiences. So I hope my sharing here may have some current or future usefulness to you in case you ever run into uh, failure and confusion, just, just in case. There are all sorts of ways to experience failure and confusion in life. Plans and goals that you put uh, time, energy, and even money into that don't work out. 
relationships that you put your heart into that crash and burn. Personal issues are habits that over time interfere more and more with your life and can sometimes ruin many things. I've had experience with all of these, either directly or indirectly through family members. Maybe you have too, maybe you will. I'm not trying to be a bummer, but it, you know, stuff happens. Um, for me, this is where faith is relevant. Faith in God has helped me survive and overcome these various failures and times of confusion and crisis. When I was in college, a thousand years ago, I studied history and teacher education. Well, student teaching was difficult for me. I had a hard time being in charge of a room full of high school kids and keeping us moving towards some educational goal day after day. It was not a disaster, but it wasn't fabulous either. So after four years of college and a lot of effort, I had no idea what to do with myself because being a high school history teacher did not seem like my best path forward. I felt like a failure. So, post-college, I bounced through a number of jobs, trying out different career paths. I worked as an assistant nurse for most of a year in a very serious hospital. I substitute taught for some months, gave the teaching thing another try. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Drove a cab, uh, worked at a summer camp for poor kids, did construction. On the plus side, I learned many important things about myself, other people, and the larger world through each of these jobs, but I didn't feel like any of them were a good long-term fit for me. Do you ever, uh, do you ever see um, Winnie the Pooh? My, when, my, when our kids were little, they watched this, the Winnie the Pooh videos. I don't know if anybody watched Winnie the Pooh videos. Okay, uh, they're all right when you're five, six, seven years old, but there was, there was one where Tigger, you remember Tigger? Tigger was trying out all kinds of things to eat, uh, I remember one, he ate some thistles, and he said, turns out tiggers don't like thistles. <laughs> okay, I was trying a lot of different things and finding out what I didn't, wouldn't work for me. I began to feel a growing anxiety that I was wasting my precious life. I was a serious Christian during all this time, and I began to feel that I should do something with my life to serve God, but what to do? I heard about an organization that was translating the Bible into other languages. I could do that, I thought, even though I had never lived overseas, and even though the only foreign language I knew was Spanish 201, I was right there with that. So I launched into five very intense back-to-back -back semesters of linguistic study, Bible training, scattered from Texas to Vancouver, British Columbia. On the plus side, I lived and studied in four very different cities scattered all over North America, and I met some wonderful, fascinating people. But at the end of five semesters, I realized that the organization that I was trying to get into was a good bit more religiously conservative than I am. Members were required to sign the organization's 10-point statement of faith, and I just couldn't do it. I said, yes, yes, no, no, yes, no, eh. I can't sign that thing. Okay, this was no longer amusing. I was 26, and I've been talking with God pretty steadily. I, this is where we connect with Judy. Hello, tell me something. Um, I felt like, though, how, that I'd been running down a series of dead-end alleys and was up against a brick wall. I felt like I had failed God, my family, and myself. Not a happy time. I picked up a new job to pay rent, and it dragged on for a couple of years. 
But meanwhile, in my non-work life, over the years since graduation, my, my parallel non-paying life, I've been uh, finding or creating a new version of myself, leading the church's youth group, uh, running uh, faith renewal retreats, spending lots of time with two refugee families that our church sponsored. I had never spent so much time with foreign people. Their language, food, their life ways were just amazing to me. It was my first experience with people really, really different from myself. I was able to help them uh, with all sorts of basic needs and errands and some home repair. And in exchange, they introduced me to a whole new world, their world. I remember feeling like I was wandering in a desert in terms of career direction, but at the same time, I felt that God was giving me many important non-career experiences. It was a weird time. After about two years of all this, one of the refugees told me about a need in town for a new adult ESL teacher for, for immigrants and refugees. I'd never heard of such a job. In fact, teaching ESL wasn't a job before that time. Uh, it was just becoming a real career in the U.S. because of the waves of refugees coming to the U.S. after the Vietnam War. So there was this brand new need all over the country for teachers to help these folks uh, adapt to the language and culture. Okay, I applied, I, and on the basis of my teacher education and linguistics training, I was hired. Of course, I had very <laughs> little idea what the heck I was doing. I was very nervous but I felt like the work was important, I was committed to it, and the students were very gracious as I figured out how to teach them. It felt like a gift from God. It felt like a perfect career fit for me that all my previous seemingly disconnected experiences had led me to. After a few years teaching immigrants, my wife and I were feeling a need to do something more to serve God. We sent out some inquiry letters, this was before the internet, to various organizations that did ministry work. And while we were praying one day, a group from California called us up and said, hey, you wanna come teach English in China? This is 1985, China was still 80, 90% agrarian, uh, very much a developing world country. We applied and off we went to Southwest China for a life-changing year. Again, it felt like God was leading us in a path that God had prepared for us. In China, we met a wonderful couple of folks who worked at Goshen College, which I had never heard of. So after our year in China and a couple years of graduate school, uh, a TESOL teaching job opened up here at GC. My Goshen College friends told me about it. I applied, got selected, lived happily ever after. Okay, what's my point in this great long story? Why am I telling you this? I had a lot of career, failure, and confusion in my early 20s when I was about your age. But God was faithful as I put one confused foot in front of the other, trying to find God's will for my life. Eventually, new opportunities opened up that worked out well, allowing me to discover and use my gifts. So what I've learned anyway in my life is never be discouraged as you try to figure out your life who you are and why you're here. Keep doing whatever good things, little or large, come within your reach and keep talking to God and have faith that the Lord will lead you into some good meaningful paths for your life. Thank you.
Uh, now, now we'll ask all, uh, so Jose, Judy, and Skip to come up. Oh, everyone, all faculty, <laughs> to come up into the middle of the chapel. All teaching faculty and staff should come here. If you're in this space, you should come into this circle. And could everybody stand up? And put your hand forward and towards the staff and faculty, please. Okay. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for all the stories that uh, Skip, Judy, and Jose have shared with us this morning. We pray for your peace and covering over this space and over the faculty and staff standing before us today. We thank you in advance for all that you have in store for them and ask that you would unfold great blessings upon them and hear the needs of their hearts. We ask for your wisdom and grace for each faculty and staff as they prepare to lead um, their students in class and out of class. Equip them for every good work you have prepared ahead of time. We ask that your strength would fill them, that you would enable them to do all that they do with a heart of compassion and grace that comes straight from you. Give them ability and effectiveness as they lead and teach. Fill them with creativity and passion for this very important role that you have called them to. Give them laughter and fun in every day, but especially in the times when they get tired. Remind them that they have the incredible ability to make a difference in the lives of the students as well as their own lives every single day and that what they do is so important because they are a part of maturing the next generations of global citizens. Lord, I ask that you may shine your love, your light, and your mercy on the Goshen College faculty and staff standing before you today. Give, give them help when they're weary. Give grace when they feel they're, they've reached their limit. Give peace when they feel overwhelmed. Empower them with your spirit and with your energy. Help them find strength in one another, reminding them that, as, that they are a team and that there is greater power together rather than alone to face every struggle and obstacle that may come their way. Remind them that more than representing a job or a school or a district, they represent you and because of this, your spirit and covering are brought to campus every day. Give them a great ability to understand their purpose on this campus during their time here and even when their path leads them past these walls. Remind them that you have destined every one of their paths to cross and that you have a great purpose in, in that all. Give them a hard shield to block out any negativity and to see through outside to the inner fears involved, to let go of what needs to fall away and to hold on to what needs to be held onto. Give wisdom to embrace encouragement along the way and to give encouragement where it is needed. Surround their families and personal lives in your care and protection, providing abundantly for every need that they may have. Help them to release every concern and anxiety into your hands, almighty God, believing that you are able to do anything. Love through them, shine through them, pour out your blessing and favor over them throughout the rest of this year. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may now go in peace. <laughs>